let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. Anyone has ever said me well said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Welcome, welcome to the final podcast. Wow, it's like something weirdly scientific about the way that you engaged with that. Uh, well, everyone does that, surely. When I think it's probably against the law, isn't it? International it law, as defined by the Geneva Convention, when somebody yeah. gives you the first few notes of Final Countdown, you see it yeah, through. Yeah, go with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. You got to see it all the way through. It's true. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so greetings, everyone. Hello. It is our little uh, mini-sode of sorts leading into uh, that we're recording now, a week ahead of time, so that I may fly to England this coming Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. Well. Don't expect much in the way of content from Joag this week. This week's Joag is nah. much, think of it as a comfort blanket. You know, mm, mm-hmm. think of it as uh, like you're opening a text of somebody that you've not seen in ages, but you've still got one of their texts on your phone. So in a wistful moment, maybe after you've been drinking, you open their text and you read it and you think, ah, oh, you invoke. We're invoking the feeling of Joag this week without actually giving you much in the way of Joag. It's an echo of Joag. That's what this is. It's like you've woken up from uh, a dream and in the instant before you the world comes crashing in you 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 remember joag and everything feels fine that's what this episode is i want to explain to you all a thing that mark said to me before the last episode in which he pointed out that sometimes he stops talking and moving and he calls it buffering and then afterwards, just stream of consciousness talks, like all the words come at once in a wall. And that's exactly what happened here, in which he exactly waited for me to intro this instead of introing himself. And then once I started talking for a few seconds, <laughs> there it came. I wonder if, it was. if that's something that's audible on the cast, actually. I, I know it's, it's something that you, you often struggle with. You're like, is he okay? Or has his video frozen? Or is he having like a, <laughs> uh, you know, like a sync up kind of right episode but no i'm not it's what, what literally what happens is i'll pause and it, and it isn't intentional either i i physically won't nothing will come out of my mouth nothing will come into my mind <laughs> for me to say but then whoa ping the switch will go and out all of the words come <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it as a thing because i'm the exact opposite if oh. i i'm like a, a shark verbally it's like if I stop swimming, then then it's gone. Then I die. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I lose whatever train of thought I had if I pause for any amount of time. Verbal shock to do do to do. Verbal shock to do do to do. Verbal shock to do. Corey's a verbal shock. I like that. Good. It's a good little ditty. It is. Where? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So, a couple of months back on Jolag. It was a couple of months back. I remember talking specifically about a railgun. Remember that? My fascination yeah. with sci-fi weaponry and the railgun in particular. Fucking what an amazing sci-fi weapon, which is which exists, right? It actually exists. Yes. Uh, I believe the... Kevin actually gave us more details on it at the yes. time. Yes. The downside with railguns is that simply by their physical nature, they destroy themselves whenever you set them off. Uh, the force they they expel that that projectile with using magnetism is so vast that it fucking pushes them into the ground and they end up self-destructing. So they're, they're built for a good time, not a long time, right? That's real guns. Um, I was just chatting to Corey about something that I thought I'd made up, but there is something that actually <laughs> exists. Uh, Japan has pioneered the creation of almost a kind of a benign type of weapon uh, called uh, uh, the Acoustic Hailing and Disruption Weapon, the AHAD. Uh, it's purportedly uh, a weapon that can instantly stop someone from speaking. It can completely interrupt 
their speech pattern and cease them from speaking. What this gun does, uh, it, it records someone's voice and immediately fires it back at them within the space of milliseconds, which creates the effect of you hearing your own voice fired back at you with a milliseconds delay and completely disrupts your concentration, disrupts your speech patterns, disrupts your ability to concentrate on what you're saying and renders you impossible uh, to, to continue talking while this gun is firing back at you. How good is that? I, I need this for my mother. This reminds <laughs> me of, uh, have, you, have you ever seen Mystery Men? Oh, yeah, Mystery Men. Well, now, I've got great memories of Mystery Men. Haven't seen it in a long time, so I, I can't speak to how it's aged, but I seem to remember it. That's fair. This one, <laughs> I'm the shoveler. I shovel well. Um, <laughs> William H. Macy. Yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed Mystery Men. Well, you remember there's the Tom Waits character who creates mm. non-lethal weapons. Yes, yes, yes. It yes, feels yes. like something that yeah. he would create. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, makes it even more endearing to me, just imagining yeah. some Tom Waitsy dude creating this thing that just, like, it just shoots your voice back at you. Feels like that was okay. a strange career choice for Tom Waits. Everything Tom Waits does is a strange career choice. What a great point. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite Tom Waits things, I don't know if you've ever seen this, did you ever see... Um, the Canadian show, what was it called? It's like Fernwood Tonight. It's like, um, so it was Martin Mull. Okay. And Fred Willard. Okay. Uh, and it was, you know, like a talk show kind of broadcast show. Um, but it was like funny, you know? So they would bring out guests and interview them and they have Tom Waits come out. And he is like young, very young Tom Waits in this. And he's just giving out these like one liners as this like very wasted, very weird. I'm permanently smoking, I seem to remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just like giving out like little quips, you know, like, they're like, oh, I think I see you brought like a, a beer with you on stage. And he's like, oh, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. You know, yep. just really ridiculous little lines like that. Uh, YouTube it. It is yep, terrific. an absolute treasure. I love Tom Waits to the core of my soul. Yeah, same. Uh, we will not see his like again. No. My dad once told me, when he told me about Tom Waits when I was young, he was like, it's like listening to like the, the most beautiful love songs whispered through a gas station bathroom stall. Yeah, yeah, completely. That's very, very evocative and accurate. <laughs> yeah, and that's always what I think of. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why we're talking about this. I mean, this is a ramble episode. I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> we figured what you might have noticed from our last week episode is that we did not talk about the things that we have watched mm. lately. So what we thought we'd do is put them all to one side and record a little Joag mini-sode to mm -hmm. tide you lads over this week uh, in preparation for next week when we have the biggest crossover event in podcast history and uh cory and i record an episode while sharing the same physical space uh, a, a concept so huge listen i know we, i'm certain we've spoken of this before there's probably like seven million podcasts out there i wonder i wonder how often this has happened i wonder what? how often podcast hosts have started as practically strangers mm. and then have met across the planet have found a fucking room to 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 actually record an episode in after after you know meeting for the first time like over a year into their podcast that can't have happened That's a very too good often question. yeah i don't know i mean i know that when i posted about us having like never met and things like that the I had someone was like, "Oh yeah, that's how I started my podcast too." It was just people I knew on Twitter. Uh, um, okay, fuck. So I feel I think maybe strangers <laughs> do podcast fairly often. I don't know, but okay. the combination of circumstances, I think, is perhaps a little unique. It's still, I mean, it's one of those things. I'll like think about this when I'm just like, you know, going about my day mm. to think if you hadn't tweeted a random throwaway tweet about Krampus, yes, and I hadn't RT'd it. Yep. In the old manual RT days mm. and said, damn, there would be no Joag. That's how it happened. That's happen. it. That's where A the first domino ago. fell at first. Yeah. Right. That butterfly <laughs> like... flapped its wings. Exactly. It's just such a, a wild concept to me. So it's I good. feel like, you know, there's something unique in that. 
Yeah, good. Good. I like it. So, that to say, um, we'll be doing that next week, and it'll be super, super fun. For now, though, let's talk about some stuff that we have watched lately. What do you want to talk about, Mark? Let's begin by acknowledging we are now well into October. Uh, You're listening to this on... Let's see if you can get the date this time. Fuck off. Don't pressurize me. <laughs> uh, you're listening to this on the 17th of October. Wow. Is that right? Damn. I, you're the one looking at a calendar. No, 10th. 10th of October. Yeah, yeah, yeah 10th of October. 10th of October. So we're well into October <laughs> by now. So I hope, you know, if you li- look, if you're listening to Jack of All Graves, you're no doubt racking up the fucking spooky movies by now you should have quite a few under your belt uh and i've uh, yeah i feel like i've hit the ground running this halloween the this this spooktober shocktober (laughs) i can't decide which i prefer uh spooktober Mm. or shocktober or hacktober i don't know hacktober yeah oh like isn't like hacking hacking like with a machete Mm, that one's a little you have to think about that one too much (laughs) i'm gonna say shocktober what is it Schlocktober, yeah, like schlock. Schlocktober, that's not. Hey, bad. there you go. That's I don't see bad. that one very often. There you go. I'm having that one. All right. <laughs> Schlocktober. <laughs> you have to say it like that every time. I, w- <laughs> I will. <laughs> if I'm like at work or whatever. <laughs> just like in the middle of the conversation, you say it like that, but just return to your yeah. normal affect and without commenting don't upon it. Don't acknowledge it at all. Right. Yeah. So, I've, I've been uh, as somebody with a you know a, a past steeped in evangelicism and religion like yourself we have to speak of midnight mass oh yes Do i am not. so glad that you got a chance to watch through that because uh, that i binged the day it came out i watched the entire thing and so it's just been a waiting game for me while i didn't manage to do them all as quickly as you did if i could have i would have like a chump yes. i started it late uh, of an evening and fucking hell had to go to bed because it was a work night but i would have i would have done three on the nose immediately if i could have uh it utterly enthralled me and this is by no means an original observation and this is quite a hacky fucking thing to say but midnight mass felt drawn from the pages of one of king's anthology novels oh yeah you know it it would it it would have fitted beautifully in Four Past Midnight or Skeleton Crew or Bag of Bones, one of King's old school anthologies, where, you know, uh, where you read it and you think, hang on, this is probably short stories. I'm reading a 400 fucking page novella here. What the fuck? <laughs> but Midnight Mass had that vibe, that beautiful King anthology vibe, um, which is to do it an injustice. It's meant as a compliment, but even that in itself is an injustice because while it has that King anthology vibe, it also is something very unique in and of itself. And oops, I just fucked up. You don't say very unique. Unique is an absolute. Nothing is very unique. It's unique or it isn't. Um, oh, good Lord. <laughs> but, which is, to put a long story I short. I love that you're being pedantic with yourself. Yeah, you've got to check yourself, lest thy wreck <laughs> thyself. Um, but I loved it. I, I just adored it. And, yeah, it's it's... I feel that it's divisive. I mean, it has. I've, I've seen way more praise for it than detraction. Yes. But uh, our good friend Sam Crooks mentioned that it does drift into monologue a lot. Yes, character- which I mentioned. You know, that was my kind of critique of it when I watched. It was like I really, really enjoyed it. There were times that you know, there are some monologues that I absolutely was like into, mm. uh, very much into it. And I think Sam also pointed out like the sermons are phenomenal. They in are. It. They um, God damn, they are. Yeah. There are other times, including in the last episode that the monologuing didn't work for me as well. And I was finding myself tuning out or rolling. Are my we eyes able to, oh, I mean, but... well, it, it'll probably have been out for nearly a month by the time this episode goes online. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about what it is? Maybe we give like a, I will put in the timestamp how long we are going to talk about this. Uh, so you can skip spoilers and go yes. on to the next thing. So, hey, if you don't want any spoilers for Midnight Mass, check that timestamp, hit pause right now or hit forward right now and mm-hmm. get to where we're done talking about it. All right, It's Mark, just a spoil. lovely concept, isn't it? What if vampires, but also Jesus? <laughs> right. Which, by the way, the for, I was very annoyed because my husband was not getting into this. He can't get past the old makeup, and it was like he was yeah. so torn, like so against the old makeup that it made him have like 
just a bad attitude towards the show in general. Well, um, you know, elephant and, in the room, you do notice the old makeup instantly. Yeah, it's immediate. Yeah, it's yeah, super even, obvious, and I wish it weren't. CG de-aging is now almost flawless. Right. Every time an actor wears old makeup, I still see Winona Ryder and Edward Scissorhands. Exactly. And it like, doesn't seem to have progressed mom, at all. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, this, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. his mom and Annabeth Gish's mom both yeah. do, like, straight Winona yeah. Ryder, like, the voice, all that stuff. Um, but <laughs> it was, like, something happened in the uh, the first episode, like, a literal throwaway visual thing. Mm. Uh, and Keo joked something like, oh, is this about vampires? And I was ah, like... mate. What? Was it the cat? <laughs> what, what tipped him off? I, it was, I have no idea. Like, it honestly seemed so out of nowhere to me that I was like, how? Where I did didn't, you see I, that from? I, it, it completely caught me off guard. I was not expecting, yeah. but I was expecting another slow burn, uh, you know, family based character driven trauma centered right. spooky story about ghosts. But no way. It swerves hard left into a full on fucking vampire romp. Um, exactly. Oh, great. It's like third episode, right you find yeah. out it's a different show than you thought that you were getting into. Yeah, very much so. And that's incredible. And I have to say, I mean, until I saw Squid Game, the th- end of episode five is like one of the most just like full on mm. things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, holy shit. Ending on uh, Kate Siegel screaming as... Um, yeah. Uh, what's his face just like burst into flames in front of her superb ah what a ballsy move so hard just yeah take who we all assumed was your main character just casually just kill him and not casually because his 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 death has weight his death has proper import but yes swerve us by killing off the main character before the end wonderful especially because you get the fake out too because in episode four you're like wait did they just kill him off Mm. and then in five it's like oh no no wait he's back and yeah. then at the end of five, you're like, oh, no, he's super yeah. gone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we've still got four more of these or whatever. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that lends it that King vibe is your archetype of the super evangelical, spinsterly, uh, you know, Christian bitch. <laughs> you know, yeah, which uh, they're not evangelical. They're Catholic. Apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, very much so. And was it, is it Mrs. God. Carmody in the Mist? Is that the character that that you've seen in the, the Mist? Show? You, you, no, oh, the, in the Mist. The oh, Mist. Yeah, you've yeah, got a woman in the supermarket, Mrs. Carmody. I believe her name is. It's that character. It's the same fucking yeah, character. Exactly. Um, but this, God, this woman too. Like everyone yeah. in this is so good. And God damn, do you hate her? every every fiber in your being she's just so perfectly done um but yeah i mean this was a a thing that i i cried i there was some genuine sort of like oh this is really spooky moments Mm. um and oh it's it's you it is a horror show let's yeah it and it, it doesn't go easy at all the 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 scares are great the gore when it happens is really fucking good as well Mm -hmm. um Ah, man. Yes, okay, the real monsters were the fucking... You know, the real monster was Jesus. That's the way I interpreted it. Um, but the the for me, the big part of why the sermons were so great, and the sermons are long scenes. Yeah, long, they are. Uh, you feel as though you are a part of that sermon. You feel as though mm-hmm. you're going through that sermon with the rest of the congregation. Um, the, the, the guy who... Who plays the priest? What's his name? So charismatic. Uh, Hamish Linkletter. There you go. Um, Pruitt. There you go. Monsignor Pruitt. Yes, Monsignor Pruitt. So charismatic. So just yes. striking. Incredible. Yeah. You find handsome. yourself believing him. You know, like yeah. when he is preaching, mm. you know, I think it's really easy in a lot of shows that are about religious people. Mm. They're so clearly over the top and like you don't like you can easily look at the people in the pews and go, what a bunch of rubes. Yeah. yeah, Like this is, but when he preaches the way that he talks to them and the examples that he brings and you know, what his message is, you can see like getting caught up in it, you know, and being like, yes, he's saying good things. And these feel, you know, uh, I could get, 
deeply wrapped up in it. And because you feel, you know, he believes it too, that he thinks this is all for good yeah. and that he's doing good things. And, you know, it's obviously does not turn out the way that he thinks it's going to. Mm. Um, but I think that's one of the things that works so well with this is that every time he preaches, like you said, you, you are a part of that congregation and sure. you can, you can see why people would get caught up in that. It, so yes, it, it nails the religious bits. It, it does something really cool with the vampire stuff as well. It's stuff I, you know, I, I, as we've seen on the cast, I love vampires. I love vampire fiction. And <laughs> I've never yeah. seen another example of vampirism being spread like a poison right. through a town without being infected, without being bitten. Somebody intentionally yeah. spiking uh, a, a town's, you know, in this case, yes. this sacrament wine, but just spiking vampire blood into into a drink. What a great concept! I love. They concept. apply the scientific method, as you know, I adore applying the scientific mm -hmm. method to supernatural phenomena and the doctor doing blood work and doing right. experiments on the vampire blood fucking awesome awesome a really really sympathetic well fleshed out depiction of a muslim character as well yes yeah uh, you never see that no and look hey as an atheist and a non-muslim and non-anything i have no real frame of reference so i might be way out of line but that felt very robust you know mm -hmm. it felt uh very uh, you know, it, you've got religious opposition there. You've got racial opposition there. You see interfamilial racial opposition. Uh, sorry, religious opposition when the son right. is is talking about going to church. The 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 genuine but desire to be accommodating and to be open minded from the father. But you could see genuine hurt there. Genuine right uh, opposition to it. Um, and that wonderful end where in the dying moments the son and his father are, you know praying to Allah while she's fucking scrabbling around in the dirt trying to bury right. herself so good so good yeah big recommend obviously. big recommend big recommend um, <laughs> and for all of my banging on again look it's a fucking tune you've heard me whistle before and I'm not going to stop until it happens but I said this during Hill House and uh, Haunting of Hill House and I say it again Michael Michael Flanagan you're the one, mate. You're the one to bring Elm <laughs> Street back. It has to be you. You're going to fucking do it. And I'm saying it right now and I'm putting it out there into the universe, as is the saying. He's the one, <laughs> mate. It would be brilliant. You've heard it here mm -hmm. many times. You'll hear it here again. <laughs> as sure as death, taxes, and Mark banging on about Elm Street. I have been watching Squid Game mm. uh, because everyone on the Twitter was talking about Squid Game. Yeah. And I have a lot of regrets about it. I regrets about watching deeply. it. Oh, didn't enjoy yes. it. Yes. No. And I'm not done yet, but the thing about Squid Game is that like you can't just like stop watching it. Uh. It is very good with cliffhangers mm. and with like like it's engaging. It's not a bad show per se, but it's not what I thought it was going to be and it is deeply deeply depressing. <laughs> It so is. for the most part, you know, you've you've also you've just described Dan Brown. You know what I mean? It's not terrible. You could read it. It's good with cliffhangers. Oh. Meh. You know what I mean? No, but see, there's more artistry to Squid Game than to right. like a Dan Brown thing. Good. This, okay. It's genuinely good. It's well made. The premise being that these people are, um, they are sort of down on their luck. People down on their luck is an understatement. People who, for various reasons, are in poverty. Um, and in their desperation, they end up in this game uh, where they are, they have to make it through six games. They're all like children's games. I don't know why, but right. you've all like, a, you've just beautifully evoked Michael Caine's Alfred. To, in their desperation, they turned to somebody they didn't really understand. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a first for me. A ruby the size of a bloody tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> a squid game they turned to someone and I didn't truly understand <laughs> I apologize it's fine it's I fine. don't need any Japanese fucking tech weapon remake I can stop you talking just by yeah. introducing a fucking non sequitur and a shit impression yep and then I'm gone <laughs> squid game <laughs> we've lost me end of the end of show uh, no so these people they have to get through these six games but what they don't realize is that uh losing means dying okay in these games uh in heinous violent ways so they find out in their very first game like oh shit 
they're murdering us. Um, is it and... gory? Yes. Oh, good. I mean, it's not like... It, it is. There's a lot of blood. Most mm-hmm. people are killed with guns in it. So it's not like, you know, you're not seeing like a bunch of like super crazy stuff. But there's a lot of people either being killed with guns or people falling from great heights and splatting on the floor. Those are your main forms of death in this show. <laughs> um, right. And it's just, to me... I'm I hearing think Battle I was, Royale. Is that what we're talking that's, about? I was in... literally just about to say, I think it's easy to make a comparison to Battle Royale. But the uh-huh. thing about Battle Royale is that it's not placed in reality at all. So when you watch Battle Royale, you're like, yeah, this is like goofy, you know? Like, I don't feel like I'm implicated in any sort of terrible system. I don't feel like there's like, you know, it's like what? The kids are juvenile delinquents, so they're going to send them to an island to kill each other. That's not like a thing that would ever happen in real life, you know? And I haven't seen it in a long time, but surely it was, wasn't it framed as some sort of reality show, which was vogue-ish at the time? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't... It's been a while for me, too, and I've seen it a million times. Yeah, I'm same, not, same, same. I don't totally remember, but, you know, it just it's not, like, placed in such a way that you feel like this could yeah, happen of course, of course. or it's speaking to some greater issue. Mm-hmm. Whereas Squid Game, like, you're watching... And this is framed as some sort of reality show for the rich, too, as well. Like, okay. whatever's happening in this. And... But it's deeply in desperate people who have no other choice in a society with huge wealth inequality um, and, you know, people who get stuck in these kinds of cycles to the point where they are willing to die for this. Because they do get the opportunity in this game. You know, you learn right away that in the rules, if the majority of the people vote to end the game, Mm. they can leave. But... but these people are so desperate that despite the fact that they know the vast majority of them are going to die. It also feels like Black Mirror has done this. this. Maybe. Possibly. I'm not entirely sure. Like, it's not, like, necessarily a unique concept yeah, in yeah, and of, of itself. Course, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's Hunger Games, too, right? Yeah. Like, all these kinds of things. But it's just deeply sad. Um, and like the sixth episode of this show, if you mention like if you mention marbles to anyone who has watched yeah. this show, one of the most devastating hours of television I have ever watched in my entire life. Just horrible. Now that so, last sentence you know, is the closest you've come to selling that to me. I do, I'm not trying to sell. No, it I know, to I know. You. But I, up until up until the most devastating hour of television I've seen in my life, I was like, eh. But yeah, now, now you have my attention. Now, now you're yeah. you're in. Well, hey, you might enjoy it more than I do. I don't really. It's just hard because it's like there's no. I can't have fun with it. You know, there's nothing yeah. fun about watching a bunch of very desperate people die in terrible ways to try to get out of desperation. Yeah. You know, it's not. Yeah. So counterpoint then was there fun in? Midnight Mass. I don't recall having a great deal of fun Ooh, in that. I don't, yeah, I don't know if Midnight Mass has fun in it, per se. But And I, I feel like that, I guess it just serves different functions. When you're watching something like Squid Game, I think the expectation is that there's going to be something fun in watching a gruesome death or yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. like... Yeah. It the part that appeals to like your horror vibes or things like mm. that you expect to be able to kind of, you know, get on board and be like, oh man, that was gnarly, and instead you're like, uh, fuck, yeah, the world is terrible, and I can imagine this actually being a thing. <laughs> like, How many episodes are there? Is it long? I think there are nine total. Mm. I have watched seven now. So close, so close. I just want. I just need to know. How it ends and, you know, get through it. But it has been every episode I've been like, why? Why am I doing this to myself? Is it Korean? Have I got that right? It's Korean. Yeah. I'm watching a show with subtitles. That's what Twitter did. Yeah. (laughs) Go you. Thank you. It's sometimes I realize I have no idea what's going on because I tune them out. But, you know, it's fine. That's very nice. We also together, uh, speaking of people in things that should be games, but are actually violent and lead to death, we watched Escape Room Tournament of Champions. I, I know I know that we watched it. Um, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't for sure explain the film to you. I couldn't relay. 
Yeah. The sequence of events. Uh, <laughs> I didn't loathe it as much as you did. Uh, I didn't loathe it. I mean, if it if anything, it fell in that kind of grey zone of it not being substantial enough to loathe. Yeah, to like hate anything about nothing it. Nothing there to latch onto for me to really enjoy. It was just, it was just a paste of a film. It was gruel, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, for those unfamiliar with the escape room air quotes concept uh it's (laughs) oh what a dick it's 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 a young adult version of saw is the best way i can describe it um you know uh, authorities unknown are kidnapping people and putting them in very elaborate and unlikely escape rooms uh, but the twist being you know these are lethal and they can kill you and i didn't even watch the first one and that's a big rule of mine I, w- I I tend not to d- go in on part two, but Corey convinced me that th- there may oh, not be much wait, in the way on. of what <laughs> the way of oh, continuity. Like, I did not convince on. you to watch this. No, that's true. You <laughs> but didn't. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and it's see, right. I, I did. Yeah. I feel as though I, I missed out nothing from having seen part one, but you know, it's a film that exists. It's one of those films that simply exists. The cast are all uniformly good looking. Um, in some cases, very much so. Are <laughs> There's zero kind of... There's lots of peril, you know what I mean? There's intense yes. peril uh, and loud noises and but no gore to speak of. There's no blood. There's no... None of the stuff that I, that I watch horror movies for. It's not a horror movie so much as it is a tense adventure yeah. film. I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe. I So, you know, I watched the other Escape Room a couple weeks ago and talked about it on the podcast. And I felt like the first Escape Room was like all that peril and stuff like that. And you're kind of, it's the tension that kind of, you know, keeps you mm. into it. And there is much more, I don't know, I felt like everything in the in the first one was a little more cranked to 11 on the tension and the deaths and the, you know. You kind of got attached to the people who were in the Escape Room. Yeah. And then they died in ways that were more interesting and creative and and stuff like that than in this one. And this one suffered from trying to, like, make a story out of it. Where the first one, it was like, yeah, there's some vague story to it. You get a little love in the climax. Yeah, this one had delusions of world building, didn't it? Yeah, and it did not need the world and everything suffered as a result of that. So it just isn't, isn't fun like the first one. You're just kind of like, okay... You're expecting me to buy into a lot here, mm. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not buying it. I just want to see some people in danger, you know, escaping some rooms, escaping some and rooms. deeply disappointing. What they could have done, which would have been easy to do to win me around, would be to get one of the characters just to simply say to one of the other characters, "Hey, you're in an escape room too," <laughs> you know. Thereby, uh, you got out of the escape room too. Oh, you guys, you, you got out of the escape room too. I don't even think, I don't even think, they tried to explain away why nobody just rang the police. I mean, also, I feel like maybe that was just explained in the first one, but I don't two know. of the things I enjoy more than anything else in films: saying the title and clumsily, ham-fistedly explaining away why they don't just ring someone, and they didn't <laughs> do either of them. Oh, that is deeply disappointing. <laughs> So maybe yeah. not so much of a, a recommend on Escape Room no. Tournament of Champions. So no. far, we recommend Midnight Mass, Squid Game, eh, fuck you, do what you want. Escape Room Tournament of Champions, <laughs> mm, not so much. I, I, d- I'm not, I don't just recommend Midnight Mass. I consider it essential. I think you simply yes. have to watch it. It's, it's yeah. super powerful. Yeah, agreed. It really is. Um, uh Riley's monologue about what happens when you die is it it is quite simply what happens when you die it, it it's it's all laid out there and it it yeah it forces you to consider your place on earth and your family and your past does your past yeah. define who you are uh, can you atone for the person you were and the crimes he or she may have committed um and also vampires you know and also vampires so you get the best of both worlds <laughs> woo <laughs> real nice <laughs> um yes you also finally got a chance to watch Candyman. i did and i thoroughly enjoyed it too yeah so, um, and at this point probably most people have seen it but still you enjoyed 
getting a chance to watch. Yeah, I did. Look, there's. I've said this before. There are certain things a sequel has to do, as far as I'm concerned, to justify its existence. Right. Right. Know your source material, so know what made the original work, and yes. do that again. Right. But also, zoom out. Show mm-hmm. us more of the world that the first one created. Right? Realize that you're in a different time than the first one. Take yeah. the themes of the first one, but make them relevant. Make what was old new. Do the same things, but put a really... Don't just put a fresh coat of paint on them. You actually have to rethink your shit and tell the same story, but in a new, compelling way. Candyman right. does all of that. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, from you know, all, from a spooky point of view, from the the kind of the monster, ghosty, ghost Candyman point of view, it it expands the mythos and makes Candyman a uh, almost a lineage, doesn't it? Right, yeah, you know? which I thought was a very interesting way loved it. of doing it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. There have been numerous Candymans uh, in that <laughs> in that region over the past yeah. kind of two hundred years, each of whom was a in some way a victim of a racially motivated act of mob mentality, mob violence. Uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah, very so, clever. Ex- you know, uh, working out what made the first one great, expanding on it, updating it. For now, you know, you've got themes of gentrification in there. You've got themes of, of uh, kind of uh, police prejudice and violence in there. Really cool. The end, the ending, when, you know, they've got her in the back and they're trying to strong armor into admitting that... that it was... Don't spoil it though. I won't. I, we won't. Didn't... I won't. Okay. <laughs> but that's been out even longer than Midnight Mass. Yeah, I know. I just don't want to have to make more timestamps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I have to. I have to admit to that because I'm sure it's fucking not going to do it. <laughs> but you know, you know the piece I'm referring to. The, yes. The wonderful bit. Of, I want to talk about it. Can okay, we not just? It's right, fine. There's a wonderful bit where almost as a, as a fuck you to cops who are trying to strong arm her into going along with their fabricated version of events. Uh, uh, you know, the... the, the final uh, girl? Our current... I, I want to say final mm-hmm. girl, but that's to cheapen it. Our current Candyman's yeah. girlfriend, the, the, the protagonist, intentionally looks in the mirror of a, the rearview mirror of a cop car and invokes the Candyman on purpose to fuck the cops up for her, which I thought was <laughs> super powerful and super yes. cool did not see it coming she literally brings right. out the candy man on purpose to fuck the police brilliant stuff yeah um i really really enjoyed it i uh, you're a big fan of the paper puppet uh kind yeah. of device on you it's just really cool you know like it's just not something i've seen done before and i think it was a really good way of telling the story without it feeling like exposition it's yes. exposition that is an art in and of itself yeah that i thought was really cool yeah um yeah, so I just I loved that about it, making it so that you can tell me this story and fill in these blanks in such a way that it feels very much enmeshed in in the entire vibe and, yeah. and what this is about. And I think that's a very brave thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to you know, for and it happens at repeated points during the film to completely dispense with the the conventional language of cinema. Right. Fuck that. Now, I want to tell this story. I want to fill in these bits for my audience in a totally different medium, in a totally different visual language. And I'm not going to warn you it's coming. And I'm not going to yeah. explain why I did it. It just is. Yeah, it doesn't need to be explained. Exactly. You know, it's this not like, oh, choice. and now he's going to put on a puppet show. Yep. You know, nope. and this is a thing the artist does. Nope. Yep. I, as the fucking storyteller, I, as the person who am in control of what you are seeing and hearing, I have decided that this is the medium I'm going to use to convey this message. And... Yeah, uh, it's my choice if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah, which is even more, I guess, frustrating why it took so long for Nia Costa's name to become the, the the default creator of Candyman with so many people calling it Jordan Peele's film, which is... Yeah. You know? Yeah. When she it made is... such strong choices during that film. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's... Yeah, it is in no way derivative nah, of a Jordan Peele not at all. flick or anything like that. But And this is, it's just a thing that we have to deal with now is that Jordan Peele made, you know, the biggest black horror yep, yep. that, you know, sorry, there's a bug on my <laughs> screen. Uh, <laughs> I'll set my hands over it. Like but that. ever since then, every single black horror movie 
has been is this get out is this you know like everything is compared to jordan peele if it is black and horror whether it deserves to be uh put in that category or not it's just now when we think of black horror jordan peele is the name Mm. and you know yes he is behind a lot of producing and things like that but to assign it as like oh it's a jordan peele movie is you know it definitely takes away from the fact that like all he's doing is trying to give voice to now these people who wouldn't have had a chance in the pre-get out world yeah and I, I, and if I don't, Get Out hadn't existed, this wouldn't exist. I'll grant it of that. Course. But... And I don't, I don't lay any blame for that to his feet. It's, yeah, no, not at all. You know, it's people looking for a shorthand way of mm-hmm. of pigeonholing what this is. Ah, it's 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 it's, it's you know, it's part of that Jordan Peele kind of uh, tranche of movies. Um, yeah. But yeah, make no mistake, it's yeah, some singular choices made in that film, and I, I was I was gripped. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think that also is kind of a, a must-see, especially if you are a horror fan. I mean, it feels like that's an entry that you, you oh, have yeah. to how could you How could experience. you sleep on that? Great to see Tony Todd. Oh, yeah. Hey, great to see I Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. It's always great to see Tony Todd. Although, <laughs> we watched um, with the Scream and Chat last night for I Scream Sunday. We watched... Uh, oh, God. What's that one that I hate? <laughs> That's terrible. That's good old Hollywood Steve. Uh, (laughs) Oh, mate. We watched um, the... It's the one where they go to like a... Not haunt, but it's like like that. They go to a haunted house and everybody gets killed. Um, Uh, I think I know. And now my brain just wants to call it Escape Room. And I'm like, that's not... (laughs) That's the other movie that we just watched. I believe I know the one to which you refer... Yeah, and I can't stand this movie. Hell House? Hell House! That's... Wait, yeah, Hell House. Mm. That's the one. Um, And, yeah, we watched that last last night, and Tony Todd does appear in that. And you know what? It is good to see Tony Todd, even though that movie is terrible. I feel as though I would enjoy a drink with Tony Todd. Yeah. Do you follow him on Twitter? Uh, Yes, I do. He has just like the most like wholesome Twitter. Yeah. He seems like just like yeah. a really yeah. good, solid guy, a real personable person. He's one of these genre stalwarts. He's one of these genre mm-hmm. fucking pillars who's just been there for the entire, for everything that we, you know, the the growth of horror as we know it. Joni Todd has been somewhere around there in the background. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And I would love to have some shots with him and chat shit about yeah, his... Just pick his brain about all of it. Yeah, exactly. I bet I would love to have him talk at me about things. Although he seems like the kind of guy who also would just be like, I want to listen to you. Mm, yeah, also <laughs> true, also true. You know, um, uh, he's the voice of Venom in the next Spider-Man video game on PlayStation coming out in a couple of years. Really? Oh yeah. Well, that's delightful. Yeah, really cool. Venom, Venom 2, that I watched this week as well. Oh, I'm s- fucking desperate to see Venom 2. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I liked the first one better, I think, but I haven't watched it in ages. But this is really fun, very campy, comic yep. booky. I mean, you're like, when you watch it, you're like, this is comic book come to life. Yep. Um, I think Woody Harrelson in it uh, reminds me a bit of uh, Edgar from Men in Black, which is a huge compliment to me because I think that's just one of the greatest characers ever. Oh, Vincent yeah, totally. And yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah. It's got the physicality of Woody Harrelson as yeah. Carnage um, or as... What's his name when he's not Carnage? Cletus Cassidy. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, has sort of shares this sort of lumbering awkwardness uh, yeah, with beautiful. Edgar. Um, that's really, really fun. I think it's just like, it's a good romp. It's a, you know, that tight 90 minutes yep. um, in and out. And yeah, it's, I have, of course I recommend it. It's a lot of fun. If you liked the first one, I think you're going to enjoy this one as well. And I, I loved the first one. I went to bat for Venom. Right, mm-hmm. and I'm still out there, mate. I'm still out yeah. there batting for Venom. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. This makes me feel like you don't understand how baseball works, but yeah. I no, I don't. But that doesn't <laughs> stop me. I've got my bat, and I'm swinging it at things, shouting yeah. Venom while I'm doing it. <laughs> There's your image, and maybe I'm, I'm topless, <laughs> right, and drunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, that adds up. That right? sounds right. Uh, Mark, stop it. No. Um, 
Venom feels as though the last decade of Marvel movies simply didn't happen. And yeah. <laughs> they're still making films in that that wonderful 90s bubble of superhero movies where nobody yes. really understood how to make them work. 100%. But everyone involved has gone, we are going to make this fucking work. We're going to make this film. We don't know what it is, how it's going to, Tom Hardy, just do that voice you do. Do a silly voice, Tom Hardy. And we're going to make a Venom film. And they did it. And it's an absolute bag of parts that don't fit together. And it's a vibe which is totally inconsistent. Uh, yep. And it, it is an Michelle absolute... Williams is in it. I mean, like, what in the world? Yeah. What is this movie? Yes, it's absurd, and I love everything about it. And the idea that both the, the fact that both of these films made fucking bank mm-hmm. um, tells me that I was right all along out there in the rain, swinging my bat at strangers for venom. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I can't wait to see the second one, and I'm I'm deeply jealous. I'm eager for you to see it as well. Mm. The one last thing that I would like before we, uh, you know, call it for the evening. Oh, I've got to sneak in Jason Goes to Hell here. That's exactly what I was actually going to do. Uh, I would like to hear a Mark rant. A good Mark rant about Jason Goes to Hell. I'm not going to rant about Jason Goes to Hell, right? But what I will say, all of the... What I said, the the, uh, things that a sequel should do back there talking about Candyman, right? expand on your you on your central conceit and work out what made the first one great and build on it and show us more of that world there's one thing a sequel shouldn't do which jason goes to hell has fallen afoul of and a sequel shouldn't be dog shit right that's <laughs> yeah the, that's a really good golden there you go for and unfortunately that's what jason goes to hell they didn't quite uh they Flick through the manual so quickly on how to make a sequel. They they missed that one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Rule one: Easy don't do. be shit as fuck. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is. Um, now, there's there, you know there's a moment in every long running franchise, prob- you know more than one probably, where they think we've got to fucking mix this up. We've got to change this up somehow. We've got to change. We've got to try. We've got to throw something in the mix here. Halloween had its cult of thorn saga. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Leprechaun went to space. Chucky turned into a fucking comedy. <laughs> when in doubt, go to space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Freddy went fucking mm-hmm. self-referential. Um, yeah. And before Jason X had another go at that and did it properly, Jason Goes to Hell obviously had that moment where they thought, right, how the fuck? We can't just make the same film again. I know Jason is a parasite. Hey, yep. hey Jason's a parasite. <laughs> and he moves between people. Much like that. What was it? Kyle MacLachlan was in it. The movie The Hidden, is that what it was called? Oh, I'm not familiar he was with a cop. that one. I was thinking like Fallen. You know? Yeah, that too. That too. But That's unfortunately, it's a complete fucking dog's dinner. Um, it makes very little sense. There's one or two good kills which got it a star in, on Letterboxd, right? Okay. There is, there, is, there is some gore in it. And gore will always make me smile. Right. Okay. I love me some gore in my movies, right? <laughs> but unfortunately, Jason is is you know, it's performed poorly. It uh, it makes very. There's no internal logic to it. You know right. what I mean? It it even the fucking even the. I'm not a filmmaker, right? I am fucking not. But I don't buy George Clooney's argument that you need to be a filmmaker to see when a film is shit. No, and some of the, the 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 just the fucking. The physical syntax of some of the scenes feels off, you know? When people are having mm-hmm. conversations with, with one another, they're looking in the wrong direction. It feels like oh, it was made... Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's it's shonky and not in the good Venom way, in the shit Jason <laughs> goes to hell way. Um, awful. And how dare they try and, you know, get some rub off far better movies by doing cheap tricks like... Oh, here's a prop from a far better film here that I will pick up and then put down and make no reference to. Fuck <laughs> off, right? <laughs> you got to earn that. You don't just right. you don't just try and ride the coattails of far, far, far better movies by making winks at them that you haven't earned. Jason Goes to Hell is fucking rubbish, and it deserves to be just disregarded. Just forget it. Uh, boo. I'm happy too. Yeah. <laughs> boo. Boo. Burr. <laughs> the final word from Joe Ag on Jason Goes to Hell is boo. boo. Boo you. Boo. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Hey, but um, 4th of October. Considering it's only the 4th of October, I feel as though I've made a good start. Yeah. Um, 
but now what I need to do now is focus on quality viewing as opposed to mm-hmm. quantity. Right. Watched a lot. Some of it hasn't been great. So now it's time to focus yeah, in. Really embrace the season yes. now. Yes. Really, really focus in. I'm looking forward to blowing the dust off Texas 74. Really looking forward to that. Sure. Really looking forward to revisiting some of my favorite Elm Streets. Ooh. I watched one yesterday. Which one, Corrigan? Just the first one. Okay, lovely. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. <laughs> um, I don't, know if it, I don't know if it counts, really. I don't know if it's a horror, but in December, there's a brand new uh, 4K restoration of Mulholland Drive being released on Blue. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for I don't have 4K, so this means nothing to me, but I'm happy for you. Uh, you know, completely remastered, cleaned up. Um simply can't wait for that uh but yes horror i i i am gonna really uh look at some of my classics maybe reanimate it might get another look uh maybe sure. the yep. thing the thing which by the way it looks beautiful in its most recent version uh on love disc. it lovely you, you, the, the snow feels crisp you know what i mean <laughs> you can smell the whiskey on mccready's breath oh uh, yeah yeah it's good shit love that love that mm. yeah i am leaning into my cory can't draw halloween now yay back into that practice yep. which i showed you earlier in fact because i was uh working on a nightmare on elm street one and then realized that i could not actually draw what i was trying to draw your corpse bride was respectable oh thank you right thank you very much I'll tell yeah. you that now. i mean i literally have not picked up a pencil in like a year mm. so you know i was like okay i uh you know it was tougher than i wanted it to be but yeah. it at least looks like corpse bride so are you open to commissions okay about that. are you open to requests you want to give me one that that i should yes i should draw i would like okay. a cory can't draw Louine rendition of the classic front cover of eraser head jack nance's oh wow. panic face with the big hair that's what i would like Okay. You know the image I'm talking about, yeah? Oh, I know He's exactly the image you're talking about. Terrified. That's what I'm Yeah, like. I'm just thinking about. about that hair and everything. And uh, yeah, getting the specificity of faces can be very difficult. It can. Uh, but I, I, will, I will accept your challenge. Yeah. I, I will try to do that. And we'll see. Listen, either I will pull through and you're going to have your mind blown. Mm. Or... It's going to be ridiculous and you'll get a good laugh. So there's really no no losing here. Everyone wins. On yeah, as, long as, Instagram, as long as Instagram eventually comes back and I can continue to post them. Do but, you know I think it's back? Yeah. Oh, well, well, what do you know? Uh, yes, it so, is. So, yes, we, uh, let us know what you're watching, what your spooky season mm-hmm. is coming to. I know Ryan asked in our group for some suggestions and people came through on some of those. Mm. Um, but let us know what you're watching. If there's something you think that we've never watched, something good yeah. for our spooky season, because tis the season. And tis it's the season to, to be spooky. Ooh. Good twist. I like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we want to know what you're up to, what you're watching, what you suggest, uh, and so forth. I'm going to get my Sleepy Hollow on, my Hocus Pocus, all my favorite sort of lighthearted Beautiful. ones, too. Mm. You know, the ones I've watched my entire life. Definitely into that. Yeah, and uh, you know what, Mark? I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week, Corrigan. That's right. I will literally and, uh... smell you later. <laughs> and we can't wait for you all to hang out with us. Mm-hmm. So, until then, hey... Stay spooky. What is the silence thing you're doing now? People can't hear your thumbs up. Oh no, that's true. Um, if 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 if, if what I have to say isn't any good, I just won't say anything. <laughs>